Hey y'all, it's Cami, a super fly girl from a little bit world, also known as the 919. I know you're wondering, Cami, what are we talking about? And just how did we get here? Well, let me tell you. Pen and Paper Podcast is bringing you all the feels of a little bit of everything for a whole lot of somebodies just like you. I'm bringing to you real conversations, transparency, and a whole lot of love. This is for my dreamers, believers, and for show my debaters. So let's dive in together as we touch on topics of family, friendships, relationships, both inward and out. Come on, love, music, beauty, and did I mention finances? Uh, oh yeah, we're taking it there. Pen and Paper Podcast is what I like to call your one podcast fits all. Yes. And I can't wait to explore with all of my ladies and my fellas to get just the right perspective and a whole lot of laughs, of course. So sit back, relax, and let's put this pen to the paper, y'all. Welcome back, y'all, to yet another episode of Pen and Paper Podcast. And y'all already know how we get down. Every episode, I like to bring the realest of the reals, and today we're taking it to the church, y'all. We're taking it to the church. And not just that, but this is for my young, saved, yet struggling. And I could not do this by myself, so today I have with me Mr. Ryan Dozier. How you doing, Ryan? I'm doing wonderful. What about you? I'm doing awesome. He is a man (laughs) of faith, a husband and father, and a true light to so many. He attends the Raleigh North Christian Center, also known as RNCC, under the leadership of Dr. Jeffrey Chapman Sr. and Lady Sandy Chapman. He serves with leadership and integrity as he leads the young adult ministry and so many other leadership roles. I could go on and on, but Ryan is here to speak for himself. So I'm excited. I'm so excited to have you here. I could not wait to get here. <laughs> yes. So I just want to jump right into it. I Let's always it. like to start with a quote. So today I actually have a scripture. Okay. I have 1 Timothy 4 and 12, and it says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, mm. but set an example for the believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and in purity. So let's just get right into let's it. Let's go. So, Mr. Ryan, when you first, you know, got saved, kind of give us a backstory of how you got, you got led to Christ in, in your walk now. Okay. Um, first, thank you, Cammie, for allowing me to come up Absolutely. on the pen and paper podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Y'all make sure y'all keep following now. <laughs> okay. I like to consider myself to be a glorified church boy because I was literally born into the church. I grew up in the United Holy Church um, denomination. And I was I grew up in a church called Providence Holy Church. And I got saved when I was seven. Wow. I was ushering one Sunday. It was a third Sunday and the pastor at the time uh he gave the appeal to salvation. And you know, I'm just young and precocious and so I just said, man, I'm gonna walk down to the altar. And that's what I did, not knowing anything about, you know, having to walk with Christ. I was seven years old. I'm still playing with, I'm about to age myself. I'm still playing with my heat man and and all that (laughs) stuff. So, you know, I didn't know anything about um, really walking the walk of salvation and having a relationship with Christ. It wasn't until 
I would say probably um, eighth grade here at a local middle school at, at Ligon Middle School here in Raleigh when things started to kind of, you know, open up for me. I remember um, getting ready on Sunday mornings for Sunday school. And my mom was always late. And I used to tell my mom, my father's a truck driver, so he was big on being on time. And I remember telling my mom, I can I wait till I start driving because I'm going to leave you because I got to get to church. Right. But I didn't know what was happening was, you know, I was starting to fall in love slowly with the Lord. Absolutely. Um, I had friends who were who were in the youth choir and stuff. I thought I was too cool for them. I was like, man, they ain't singing in no choir. I'm <laughs> stick with ushering. Absolutely. Um, but then from middle school to high school, then that's when things really started to take off. By this time, I am now singing in the choir. And probably around senior year in high school at Inlow, that's when I said, whoa, you know, I'm really supposed to be Living this life. Absolutely. Everyone in at school, in high school, knew that I was saved. Um, but, you know, as we be talking tonight, I was struggling in my walk, though. Absolutely. Because I love music. So, at one moment, I'm listening to Wu-Tang Clan, ain't nothing to mess with. <laughs> but in oh, my yeah. car... If you were to ride with me in my car, you're going to hear Kurt Franklin, Absolutely. Hezekiah Walker, James Hall, you know. Um, and really what really turned the switch for me, though, was my friends. Wow. One of my boys told me, um, he said, Doge, how is it, man, that you're always inviting us to church? I said, yeah. And he said, but whenever it's time for us to go to a party, you know, you with us at the party. mm and I sat back and I said, whoa, I didn't know you were watching me like that. Wow. And he said, yeah, man, you know, you want us to get saved like you, but, you know, you ain't, I don't see why. Mm. And I said, oh, my goodness. And it was at that moment when I decided to just totally sell out. I still struggled because, you know, <laughs> growing up, <laughs> growing up. Um, and also shout out to your mom, Absolutely. Amy, because we, we kind of grew up the same way. Absolutely. Um, so I remember grabbing all of my tapes, um, you know, everything I had, what, whatever it was. Cause you know, they told us, you know, once you get say, you can't listen to nothing, right. no secular music, you're going to hell. <laughs> so I put it in a trash bag and I threw it away. However, I couldn't do that at my boy's house. <laughs> right. Though. So whenever I would go around to his house and we playing basketball, you know, I would still hear, you know, the Wu-Tang and I would still hear Biggie and, and people like that. And I'd be like, man, how in the world is this supposed to work? Yeah. But thankfully, one of my boys said, he said, you know what, Doge, I'm going to help you out, man. When you come around here, he said, man, I'll play John P. Key. Wow. And so I said, appreciate that, man. And so that's what he did. But little did I know that that started the the process of having an effect on them as well. Absolutely. You know, so, but yeah. Um, and then when I went off to school to Livingstone, uh, it was 18 years old. That's when somehow, I can't explain it, Cammie, but somehow, you know, the Lord just came in and just swept me off my feet, and I fell in love with them. Um, still struggle. I know we're going to get into that a little later. <laughs> still struggle. But... That's when I really realized that, man, this is 
really about relationship. It really is. You know, and then I was called into ministry at 18, and I waited two years because I was just throwing up. I said, God, look, you do you know how jacked up I am? Right. Okay, you you, you know I'm still trying to holler at females, Lord. I mean, you, you know I still want to do this, want to do that. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> you saying, so what? Right. You know, and then at age 20, that's when I did my, my first sermon, my initial sermon. So wow. I'm, I was still a kid, though, trying to preach grown-up stuff at 20 years old. <laughs> I didn't know what the world I was talking about. Right. So here I am now at 42. And amazingly enough, next next weekend, the 28th of this month, November, will be 22 years since I've been uh, preaching. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. That is so awesome. And I think um, my journey was similar to yours, like, you know, growing up in church and all of that. And I think the more you try to, like, run away from God, the more he's going to, like, you know, grab hold to you. And I think um, when we first encountered, you know, one another, I was doing um, a a Christian group at school because I'm like, my friends know this is where I come from. And so I had no choice but to make that, you know, my thing. And I think even now, um, it's so important that we spread um, the gospel as much as we can, but also by, you know, being transparent. Because right. it, it is, I think, sanctification is a process. Right. Every day you're like, God, where do, where do I need to be and what do I need to do? Because there are people that are looking at me, like right. you said. So I love it, Ryan. So as we know, many are desiring a better relationship with God, mm-hmm. right? So um, in what ways can someone who may not know how to, even start, right. what do you think is the best way to kind of explain to those people how to even start with getting close to God? Yeah. Uh, the first thing I would say is, well, no, let me, let me say this. I believe a lot of people have encountered the, what I have termed the system of church. In other wow. words, the, the do's and the don'ts. And for so long, we have equated that with me or, or someone else knowing or having a relationship with Christ. Absolutely. When in actuality is not. It's it's just like um I often say, you know, I can I can put on a football uniform and I can look like a football player. Mm-hmm. But the truth of the matter is I'm not a real football player. Absolutely. But because I surround myself with football players, oh I think I know how to play football. Wow. And so when it comes to the person who does not have a relationship with God, and they're, they're trying to figure out how to do it. My thing would be is to tell them first, understand that he loves you. Absolutely. Because when we were growing up, he was made out to be this big man on this throne that's just hurling out lightning bolts every time <laughs> you did something wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the boom, you know, <laughs> oh, you sneezed wrong, boom, you know, he – he was just coming to get you. you know? Forget yeah. Jason and Freddy Krueger. You know, it's, no, he, God is getting ready to keep. So <laughs> <laughs> I would tell them, understand first that the man named Jesus, that God, he is so head over heels about Absolutely. you. That, yes, he gave his life, but it doesn't even stop there. He continues to give us what I would call love letters, mm-hmm. you know, um, and what, what the love letter is that, that he gives to the non-believer as well as the believer is he will bring back little moments in your life where it should have been something that should have tragically happened to you. Absolutely. But it didn't. 
You know, that that's a love letter. Mm-hmm. You know, and so he's sending out constant reminders to that person, especially that does not believe him and believe in him, that I'm so head over heels for you that I am willing to do. I've done the ultimate thing. But even though me doing the ultimate thing, I'm still hot on your heels and I'm still chasing after you. Now, he's never going to force himself on anybody Mm -hmm. because of the free will factor. We don't have time to get into all that. But he will always, always, I like to say indirectly, uh, smother you with his love. You know, um, I, I, I'm i a hopeless romantic. And so in high school, whoever I had a crush on, I would write that young lady a little note. You know, I hope this make you smile. And wow. I would drop her in her locker. You know, I would find out what her schedule is, make sure I get to the locker <laughs> before she dismissed from class, and I'll drop the love letter wow. in her locker so that when she opened up the locker, that's the first thing she sees. She's opening it up, and she sees that I wrote, I hope this makes you smile. Wow. What was going to happen the next moment that she saw me at lunch or, you know, through changing class? Oh, Ryan, thank you for that note. That was so sweet. And that's what it is with Jesus, it man. He, 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 Because he knows the schedule of our life. Wow, I love that. For that person that does not believe him, he knows every detail of your life. And right before you transition to another space in your life, He's dropped a love letter in the locker of your life that says, hey, I hope I make you smile. That's so good. That is really good. So for the people that are listening, um, I like how you use um, the scenario of the locker. So when we think about lockers or school people, we mm-hmm. always think about Gen Z and millennials. So what? how can we um, know what church is the right church? Because I know for me um, – a lot of times, a lot of the older people pick on. Well, we don't want to. We don't want to conform to the to the younger generation <laughs> right, with the lights right. and the fog. But right. sometimes that's what gets you know the younger generation. Exactly. So for the people that are listening, for the younger crowd, how do we know what church is the right church to go to? Okay, what I have recently learned from our senior pastor, from Doctor Chapman, is that we don't pick the church. Wow, the church picks us. Absolutely. And it's all based off of your gift and your ability. Wow. If the person that's Gen Z, millennial, if you um, are creative Mm -hmm. and you go into a ministry, go into a building, and you just come alive and you feel your your creative juices flowing and the the word that's being preached is your language, is, is on your level, you understand it. That is the place for you to be planted and to grow because each, just like it was 12 disciples, 12 apostles, each one of them had a specific audience that they had to minister to. Absolutely. And for whatever reason, and you know, you know, no shade to our grandmas and everybody, (laughs) but they taught us that every church should be doing the same exact thing. Wow. And that's not true. If there's 12 disciples, each of them have a different audience. No one disciple was doing the same thing. No one disciple was speaking the same language to whatever audience they were assigned to. But so that's how that person would know that that ministry is for them. Absolutely. And I will say um, when visiting RNCC, 
um, even when I was like going to college and coming in and out, like it was always like you can when you feel the presence of God when you go somewhere. I love a church that you know sometimes where it's just you and, and the pastor. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. Where you just feel like God being there, and and you can let go and and let God. Right. And that's how it should be. So y'all heard him, y'all. Just you you'll know. So one topic um, that I want to kind of touch on is. What is one thing that you wish, because I know how you mentioned how, um, you know, the older generation, you know, thinking how churches should Mm -hmm. be the same. So what is one topic do you feel that the church should sort of um, move from? And and what is one thing that we should sort of, you know, kind of teach more? So let's get on that. I want to, and I just recently had this conversation with um, another pastor here in the city this past Tuesday. I'm discovering that my my calling in particular is to people who grew up just like me. Absolutely. Meaning that, you know, again, like I said, we were going to hell for everything, (laughs) (laughs) for everything. Right. You know, we couldn't go to proms. Wow. Um, You know, part, see, I was, I was that guy who knew how to do my stuff and not get caught. (laughs) Right. You know? Right. Um, So, but I want to, debunk and you know dismantle the myth of that you have to be so perfect mm. when it comes to walking with Christ in your relationship. Yeah. I want to let people know again that he's madly in love with you. Number 2 that it is doable. Yeah. And take all this pressure off of you mm-hmm. and put the pressure on him. Absolutely. You know, who who wants to be in a marriage or a relationship, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, where it's always one-sided. Wow. You know, no, he he carries our load. That is a promise he tells us, you know, uh, to come cast your cares upon me because I care for you. Yes. You know, that's a promise. But, again, no shade to our older generation because it was foundational. It helped us, and it kept us from doing a lot of things. Yes, that is true. But... All the other stuff, though, we found out that, wait a minute, man, we got to we gotta deal with this. Yep. You know, uh, think about marriages. A lot of our, our forefathers, you know, ended up in divorce and stuff. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Mm-hmm. The one reason why is because they didn't know how to be affectionate to their spouse. Wow. The only time most of us saw, you know, Pastors being uh, affectionate to their spouses with birthdays mm-hmm. and, you know, anniversaries, and that's it. You know, but now I understand, no, being that I'm married, that my wife and I, yes, we can enjoy going to a concert together. Wow. Because marriage is ministry. You know, we can enjoy that. So that's that's what I want to um, want us to step away from, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I want us to start dealing with that. You know, being balanced. You know, yeah. balance does not mean I'm compromising. Balance does not mean that I'm excusing everything that's going on. You know, but what it does mean is that I have um, this this awesome uh, relationship with the Lord to where he lets me know, okay, Ryan, you've gone too far. Mm-hmm. So it's time to, to come back. Absolutely. You know, never... Have we seen in scripture Jesus raise his voice mm. at his bride, the church, wow. for doing something what we would feel 
you know, that's not cool. Absolutely. But he lovingly brings us back into submission to him, you know. So that's what I would, that's what I want us to deal with. Because you all, Generation Z, millennials, they need to know that. Absolutely. They need to know that, that, you know, yes, whatever you may have heard, I know it damaged you. I know it, it hurt you, but it's not necessarily true. And understand that just like we're not perfect, you're not perfect either. But the love that Jesus has for us, that is perfect and that is enough. I love that. And um, I guess there are some people that are like, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. This is my lifestyle. You know, this is what I do. Um, I like to, you know, whether it be, you know, party or whatever it is. So for the people that say like they have, you know, backslid, how can we um, help those people understand that it's OK right. and that, you know, they're the church is in open arms. You know what I'm right. saying? So how can how can we get to that point that for that person that's feeling that way? But again, because listen to the mentality, they may feel, man, since I backslid, mm-hmm. uh, I remember grandma them said, once you do that, you, the Lord don't want you no more. Absolutely. Debunking that myth. No, the promise is that he's married to the backslider. Yeah. He ha- he is welcoming you with open arms. The problem is we're human beings, and because we're human beings, we have a tendency, for those who have been in this walk for a while, mm-hmm. we have a tendency to be judgmental. That's good. And so <laughs> if I see Cammy in church for three months and she's doing wonderful, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden Cammy might just have a moment. Right. You know, and I find out I can't look down my nose at Cammy. Wow. Because the truth of the matter is I've had a moment too. Absolutely. And for whatever reason, we forget those who might be in positions those who are not in positions, but again, like I said, who may have been walking with the Lord for a while, mm-hmm. they forget. Yes. We, we forget that we've had moments mm-hmm. and we wanted, we received all the grace that we needed to be restored back. But no, when Cammy does it, I'm not going to show her any kind of grace or nothing. Wow. And that's not the love of God. Mm-hmm. He, he wants to restore you. You know, it is, um, Someone asked me one time, uh, you know, uh, Ryan, if if you were a senior pastor and you found out that uh, a teenager got pregnant or whatever, what, how would you handle that? What would you do? And I said, well, I said, this is what I would do. I said, I would talk to the young lady and the young man, and I would talk to their parents. I said, and I would let them know, look, um, on this Sunday, y'all just follow my lead, mm-hmm. okay? And I said, okay, so now pretend we Sunday morning. I said, I'm going to call up sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so. And I said, I would have their backs to the audience, and I would talk to them and say, hey, look, guess what? Half of these people that's, standing, that's sitting behind you, they were made in the back seat, and their mom and daddy weren't okay. married either. Wow. So don't you feel ashamed? Absolutely. Okay. The goal is, yes, all right, it's a mistake. The goal is to try not to go back down this road again. Absolutely. And then I would turn them around, have the congregation stand up and come hugging and love on them. I love that. Because once I would say that statement that most of the people in here 
were made, <laughs> you know, in the backseat, the hotel room, their mom and daddies won't marry. Look at how that deflates. Yes. And sucks the judgment out of the room. Absolutely. Because that person in the seat in the congregation got to say, oh, snap. Daddy did tell me I was a love child. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So th- things that we, we just have to continue to, without compromising, of course, think of ways to show the love of Christ, man. Yes. yes. Have to. Yes. And um, I know you mentioned something about restoring. So I think even as us as believers that are already, you know, in our mm-hmm. way of church, um, I just went to a conference and they were talking about restoration. So even we have to be restored in our yes. faith. And they were like, you know, talking about how we have to be restored through praying, through praising, through mm-hmm. re- repenting. You know yes. what I'm saying? You have yes. to repent because it, there are things, even if you're not going out and you're sinning because you're not uh, stealing something or you're not, you know, right. sinning in your ways, mm-hmm. even a very thought, a you know, thought. of judging someone because of their walk and and their downfalls that makes it just as bad right and we we have a tendency um to categorize um sins and say well i'm not doing that so my sin is not bad but it's all the same right and so we just have to show that grace like you said show that grace yeah so what insight or um passion do you do you wish that the older christians would take more seriously so um when it comes to like conviction and all that stuff what do you think that the older christians could kind of um do about that uh, they have to deprogram themselves number one wow <laughs> <laughs> they're going to have to deprogram everything that they uh taught us wow. and even believe again because transparency is so important absolutely and generation z the millennials they need us to be transparent that's so true. They, like I said, yes, I started preaching when I was 20. However, you know, I was still struggling with trying not to have sex before marriage. Wow. You know, I was still struggling with, um, you know, looking at videos. I ain't yeah. had no business looking at. Yeah, that's real. You know, because no one told me that. Ryan, all of this is not going to go away. Wow. So for my for the older generation, for the vets, we need to sit down with you all, have a conversation just like we're having Absolutely. right now, and say, listen, just because you give your life to Christ does not mean that your baggage is automatically going to disappear. Absolutely. Because there's some things that you may have spent years in that's going to take a while to go away. Because, see, they told me, they told your mom, after you get saved, oh, everything's fine. It's going to be a bed of roses. Yeah. <laughs> but we found out, wait a minute, it ain't no roses. Yeah. This, this is some weeds here. You, 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 you didn't tell me that sometime, as you just mentioned, my thoughts are going to be way over in left field. Yeah. You didn't tell me that sometimes I'm going to feel like giving up. Yes. You didn't tell me that um, that death was not going to stop. Wow. People that's closest to me, you ain't tell me all that. You just told me, get saved, everything's going to be okay. Mm. And it's not the truth. Moment of transparency for me, with all the social injustice that we've been coming through, 
um, the past year and a half. Last year, last year, with uh, which I called the execution of George Floyd, I remember I made a mistake by watching the video. I confess now. I made a mistake by watching that video. But while I watched it, I remember crying, and I remember saying, Jesus, I don't want to do this anymore because I don't think you're listening to us, and I want to walk away. That's real. Here I am at that time, 41, been preaching, young adult pastor, outreach, everything. But in that moment, I said I wanted to walk away. And as you mentioned about restoration, I said, Jesus, you got to restore me. Yes. Because if you don't, I'm done. And that's exactly what he did. Wow. Again, because of his love yes. for yes. me. And so if I, I don't think who, what preacher, pastor would have just said what I just said. Mm. But there's somebody that's listening that'll be like, oh, man, okay, when I come up in a moment like that in my life, it's okay to say that because he's not intimidated. They told you, God don't make no mistakes. Don't you question him. Well, if I can't ask him any questions, then he's not God enough to be my savior. Absolutely. He's my hero. What hero can't handle any questions? So I've I got to ask him questions. I've got to say, Lord, I don't like this. I'm ticked off about this. Yeah. <laughs> and it does not intimidate him one bit. As a matter of fact, I think he welcomes it. Yep. So true. I think he welcomes it. Yep. And I love that you were honest about that because a lot of times as Christians, we um we don't have that safe space to say, I've had this issue or I wanted to walk away so that we feel like well, it's a sin if I even feel that way. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's not the case. I feel like God already knows everything that we think, so you might as well confess it so that he can fix it. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why he gave us our mouth. Absolutely. Yes, he knows all, but he wants to hear it. Absolutely. Yes, I know my wife loves me. Every now and then yeah. I want her to I want her to tell me I want to hear it. Absolutely. She knows I love her, but every now and then she wants me to say it. Absolutely. You know, so and that's why just confess it to him. Absolutely. Just confess it. So um, I want to, you know, kind of open it up for the people that are listening that, you know, may want to give their life to Christ. Mm -hmm. I know it's a podcast, but we can, you know, always open it up. So um, if you could lead us, you know, in that way for anybody that's listening that, you know, may want to be saved. Okay. If you are listening to this podcast. Number one, again, like I said, keep following the podcast. (laughs) Yes. Number two, I want you to understand that, again, the Lord is so head over heels about you that he gave his life for you and that he understands that you've been dropped in your life. He understands that you have been damaged, whether that's been physically Mentally, emotionally, even spiritually. Absolutely. He understands all of that. However, do not allow that to be a barrier to keep you, my brother or my sister, from giving your life to Christ, to being born again. Because 
although all those things may have happened to you, I want you to know that is just part of the ingredients that he uses to first give, bring him glory, but number two, to bring you into a relationship with him, and number three, to help somebody else understand that if you made it out, then they can make it out. All right? So just say this prayer after me. You don't have to turn around three times. You don't even have to be in a church service because he is everywhere all at the same time. The only thing I just need you to repeat after me out here that's listening to us. Just say, Lord Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner. But beyond that, I need you in my life. So right now, I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you died for me. And that three days later, you got up out of the grave just for me. And now you are seated at the right hand of the Father. And you're making intercession for me. I believe it in Jesus' name. Amen. And that's it, y'all. That's just how simple it is. I love it. I love it. And so as we kind of come to a close, um, I thank you again for being here. I want you to give the people um, a piece of advice. So mm-hmm. those that are may already be saved or that just got saved, what is something that they can take away um, from ultimately everything that we discussed? Okay. If you have been saved for a while, understand that you don't have to. And, and for those of you who just got saved, I'll lump you guys together. <laughs> you don't have to be perfect. Yeah, It is we think that there's just 10 commandments, but really it's like over 600 some odd in there. The Lord knew that he, that we were not able to keep those commandments. So if you fall, just get back up. Scripture lets us know that a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. So don't put all the pressure on you. Put the pressure on the Lord and he will help you. Remember also that this is a relationship. You can speak to him just like you hear myself and Cammie speaking to one another. Absolutely. And he and don't look for the Ten Commandment voice for him to speak back. I know you might want the big deep voice to say, No, you shouldn't do this, or yes, I let no. Scripture lets us know he speaks in a still small voice. And when you hear that still small voice, know that that is the Lord speaking to you and that he loves you. Absolutely. And, um, y'all, as we come to a close, I love to always give a piece of advice. And I just want to say to trust in the Lord, y'all, and just understand that if you just give it your all and ask God to, to come and save you, that he would do just that. And not only that, he would exceed your expectations. So whatever you think you may have lost or if you, you know, you try to be different, understand that he's going to restore yes. all of that. So I'm just so grateful. And thank you so much, y'all. You're welcome. Thank, thank y'all. You. Yes, 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 y'all. We're out.